Hello! This is David Ransombacus. I am the patriarchy that your blue-haired, genderqueer, lesbian mom warned you about. My pronouns are ist, phobe, and phobic. This is the Mancast Show. Hello and welcome back. I do hope that you enjoyed last week's show. It was a first run. I broke down a little bit concerning what it takes to be a man. The topic this week, it's all over the news, is religion. If I remember right, the last show I discussed how religion is essential to being a man. Now, I don't care what religion at this point, that's for you to figure out. I'm not here to tell you that. I know some of the uh, staunch Christian listeners would yell at me. That's okay, I'm not a Christian. I do uphold Torah, and I do draw my faith from the Bible. But I also understand that there is more to the world and more to reality than what you were taught in church. Without getting too much into my faith and what I believe, I do believe that it all ends well. I believe all that is bad and all that is wrong will come out in the wash and only the good will remain. And I believe that God is more powerful than our obstinate, willful ways. I don't believe that you have to agree with a theological premise about Jesus in order to avoid eternal damnation. I think there's a lot more to it than that. I execute judgment on you, <laughs> Satan! And, uh, well, I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to preach at you. I'm not going to get into theological debate. But we'll just say that I believe that all paths will eventually lead to the proverbial cross, so to speak. I can talk to a Muslim, I can talk to a Jew, I can talk to a Buddhist, and there are things that I'm going to agree with them on, and there's things that I'm going to disagree with them on. But I think ultimately we end up there. How we get there, I think is entirely up to you, and I think it's a personal journey. But I do believe, ultimately, it leads to a metaphorical cross, so to speak. We're all going to get there. And that's why I can have mercy on anybody, and that's why I can get along with anybody. Because as far as I understand, the gospel that I was brought up with was really twisted. And I understand now it's just a gospel of freedom. It's a gospel of liberty just to live your life. And the only warning is, don't give your soul over to tyranny. Stay free. And so for me to tell you, only my religious path is correct, is kind of self-defeating. But I will say, I'm just going to say this, I'm going to reemphasize, you do need to have a solid religion. You do. As a man. And your religion has to demand something of you. It has to call you higher than your animal drives. It has to be something transcendent of our daily, mundane world. And as I said last time, you have to have a vision of something greater than yourself. And mankind as a whole has to see beyond that into something greater than themselves. Your starting point, oh, that, 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 that depends a lot on where you were born, what you were brought up in. But I believe the honest heart, I believe anybody who's honest and sincerely seeking will all end up at the same place. I've already made peace with it. I've already traveled that journey. I know what I believe. I've stopped seeking because I've already found it. I know that sounds a little uh, arrogant and I know that sounds a little presumptuous, but... I did the hard work, the dark night of the soul. I did the blood, sweat, and tears of really hashing out my religion, what I believed. And for a time, 
I was in the void of nihilism as an agnostic. And the agnostic I can respect. The agnostic I can work with because you're just being honest and I'm okay with that. The atheist I can't deal with. Agnosticism, I think, is a healthy place to be for a time. If you don't know, you don't know. And I'm not going to demand that you lie to me and pretend you know something that you don't. But at the same time, there's a certain willfulness that causes people to settle into that void as well. And they won't want to move out of the void because they're not being honest with themselves anymore. When you do encounter the creator, God, you have to be honest with that too. But if your path is honesty, that's really what I'm interested in. I'm really interested in authenticity and your character as a man more than I'm interested in your theological stance at the time. I've changed my theological stance plenty of times throughout my life growing up. And I've come into my own a couple of years ago. I've got my faith. I've got my religion. I know what I believe and you can't sway me. And you can't sway me because it's mine. I made it mine. I took ownership of it. I built it. I forged it through the fires of hell, proverbially speaking. And I know there's a God and I know who he is. I know what's expected of me. And I know that now it's just an issue of growth. And I have to stay honest and I have to maintain integrity. But I digress. The gospel is freedom and liberty. I would only caution you if there is a religion that would seek to control you. That would seek to own your soul. That would seek to dominate you. Uh, and so on and so forth. That's what I came out of. It was Christianity. And I have a few problems with Christianity as it sets today. And down through the ages, it has always tended to lean towards a totalitarian disposition that's, uh, that's no bueno. It's become abusive, it's become toxic many times in history, and finally, I got frustrated with it. But if you are an honest, sincere Christian, I'm not going to tell you to leave the faith. I used to be like that. Right now, because of what's going to work best for me because of how my mind is and because of my past and what I've came out of, I'm going to remain unaffiliated. I won't call myself a Christian or a Jew or anything, but I know God and I understand God. I have had my ass ripped by atheists and certain staunch religionists alike for saying that. But, you know, I have to be honest regardless of how you feel about it. Facts don't care about your feelings. And that's okay. I'm talking about religion because it is important. A pure religion is going to kind of have a detached mindset from the political arena. In fact, that's uh, kind of how it was in the Torah. You had those people who just ran their mundane lives, their day-to-day -day affairs that was all the different tribes. Okay? They dealt with all the political stuff and, you know, you just lived out your life. And then you had the Levites. And they were the priest class. They were set apart. They had their own tribe and there were priests. And the rest of the populace fed them and took care of them and that sort of thing. Instead of taxes, they would just pay the priest class to do their thing, to do their rituals, to do their sacrifices and all that. But there was a strong line between the mundane, the daily life that you just lived, and the priest class. Hence the word holy came in. But you did need a vibrant, healthy priest class, a healthy religious community. And, and you'll see all through the Bible that when the... Uh, priesthood overlapped the political arena or vice versa things went toxic there was always supposed to be a separation even in the bible
The priests didn't meddle with daily affairs, with all the little political bylaws and all that shit. They didn't worry about that. Their job was to maintain the spiritual health of the nation. And they would offer rebukes, not necessarily to the people, but to the leaders and to the rulers. They let these leaders know when they overstepped their authority. When they became little tyrants and say, hey, you are answerable to the higher law. Be humble. Because God's purpose for his people was freedom. God's purpose for his people was to keep them healthy and vibrant and functioning and living well. And in order to do that, you had to keep these leaders from getting too power hungry and from getting, from getting too big for their britches. Okay, so let's fast forward to today in America. And this is the reason why I'm doing the show on this today. Joe Biden. <laughs> He is a staunch supporter of abortion rights. And he is an open, devout Catholic. In fact, a lot of the Democrats are. They support the abortion rights. They support all this LGBT crap. And all the different stuff that goes against God. And they will claim to be openly devout Catholics. Something got my attention this week that I simply had to talk about. The Catholic Church stepped in. And yes, I have a lot of misgivings about Catholicism. I find it to be problematic in a few areas, but this is where the Catholic Church actually stepped up to bat and shown, and in my opinion, did their job as the priest class. They rebuked Joe. And they said, listen, if you're going to be out in support of abortion, which is directly against the Catholic tradition, if you're going to be in support of it and you're going to encourage it, we're going to deny you communion. We're going to deny you the Eucharist. Wow. The Catholic Church actually gets my applause for that one. Now the left is screaming, but church and state, you get you, you separation of church and state. No, the Catholic Church isn't telling you that you can't get an abortion. You do whatever the hell you want. You figure out your own politics. But the Catholic Church does have the power to say, hey, you know what? If you're going to support this shit, if you're going to encourage this abortion crap, look, you're kicked out of the church. You can't take communion. Now, is that authoritarian? No. Actually, I looked into it. I dug a little deeper, and uh, one of the gentlemen I listened to, a great conservative voice, he's a devout Catholic, uh, Michael Knowles. He was kind of explaining it a little bit. You can't take the Eucharist and openly live in a mortal sin. You can't. The Catholics believe that if you embrace sin, you won't repent. You're not worthy to take the Eucharist, and if you do... What they will tell you is you eat your own damnation because you disrespect what is holy. And I actually agree with that. I believe that you can't get out there and support all kind of evil and then call yourself holy and partake of what is holy and divine. You can't do that. That's hypocrisy and you're smearing the name of your religion, you're smearing the name of the church, and... It just falls apart right there. So this time and place, the Catholic Church did good. I applaud them. I have a lot of problems with what's going on as far as Catholicism goes. I think, uh, you know, I think, it, I, I think it needs an overhaul too. But in this area, I think they did right. And I think it was called for. I mean, yes, as a politician, you can support whatever political agenda you want. You want to support abortion? Fine. Do it. You want to push all this LGBT crap and the socialist garbage? Do it. But you can't work against the very church that you claim to be a part of. Because what Biden is doing, he's cutting off his nose to spite his face. He's working against his own religion. You know, 
on so many levels, all the support of all this sin and all this evil in the world. I mean, he has supported Antifa. And I'm really surprised the church hasn't called him out for that. He supports this LGBT crap, and I'm, I'm surprised the church hasn't called him out for that. He supports this, uh... You know what, wait, I'm gonna step that back. He actually... He actually did good with the LGBT thing. He upheld the decision of the Supreme Court to allow for religious freedom. So... In one form, he did okay by protecting the church from lawsuits and all that crap. If you want to be a Christian baker, you bet you don't have to bake the cake, that sort of thing. The Supreme Court decided it. Biden upheld it. Yes, Biden did good here. Okay. But with supporting abortion and being outspoken about it, he is directly working against his own religion. He's working against his own faith, and that is a textbook definition of a hypocrite. But that just goes back to what I'm saying. Religion is about accountability. And yes, it's accountability for you as an individual. But especially, it's accountability for the nation's leaders. If you're going to be an outspoken Christian, you can't work against Christian interests. You can't support things and encourage things that go directly against your Christian faith. And that's fine if you don't want to be a Christian. That's fine if you don't want to be a Catholic. Like I said, I don't care what religion you are. I think we all end up in the same place. It's just a matter of how we get there. But you can't just, you, you can't sell out like that. And so I think the, uh, this is going to be one of the rare times where I think the Catholic Church did right. No, you can't openly support evil and then partake of the holy and the divine. That's, you know, that's a big no. And so the church is definitely within their rights there of saying, you know what? Go ahead, do your thing, but we're not going to let you take the Eucharist. We're not going to let you take the communion. And of course, the uh, leftists were screeching and hollering and saying, you have no right to deny them communion. Uh, yeah, they do. The church can conduct itself as it chooses to. And, uh, you know, you go by your conscience. Listen. Let's say we had some Muslim leaders, okay? You had uh, Ilhan Omar, okay? Let's take her for example. She's a Muslim. Um, let's say she decided to say, hey, you know what? I support people's right to eat pork. I support everybody's right to eat pork. In fact, we will subsidize it. And I think that the Muslim community would be right in rebuking her for it. Just even the playing field. I don't know if they would. Um, I don't know that's how they think that. I'm just throwing that out there as an example because I know you're not supposed to eat pork in a couple of different, uh, the uh, Abrahamic religions. That is how you keep the health of a nation, even down to your households, is, you know what? We're going to run our religious community and we're not going to force you to obey everything. But you know what? We can deny you access to religious services, deny you access to whatever rituals and rites that you feel are important for your salvation and that sort of thing. You can't play both sides of the field. And I'm actually glad that the Catholic Church decided to step up because I'm going to tell you a lot of Christians, you know... <sighs> In America, a lot of the evangelical fundamentalists, quite frankly, are pussies. And they're just getting the shit beat out of them and nobody cares. The Catholic Church steps up and says, hey, look, we're not putting up with this shit. You can run your politics how you want, but we're putting our foot down here and saying, listen, we're going to deny you services. We're going to deny you access to the, the religious rites and rituals that you enjoy. We're going to deny you unity with our church. If you keep acting like this, because the Catholic, the Catholic Church, they take the sacraments, they take the Eucharist a lot more seriously than a lot of Protestants have. When you eat the Eucharist, you are literally eating the body of Christ. It's very mystical, I get it. But you are declaring yourself a part of the Church Universal, and you're declaring yourself a complete oneness with the brotherhood of the Church. And you can't do that if you're going against everything they're teaching. 
You know, I'm not a Catholic, but I understand why they're doing what they're doing, and I approve of it. They're absolutely right to do that. They're right to hold Biden's feet to the fire and say, hey, look, you can't do both. You've got to pick one side. What this actually does is it emboldens men to come out of their complacency. And I really do hope that future Christians or whatever religion you are, but it's mostly Christians in the U.S., I do hope that, you know, the good old-fashioned, red, white, and blue American Christian man takes note and says, you know what? We can step up and hold our leaders accountable, and we should. And we hold them accountable to God's standard. And I think that's right. And this goes back to what I said last week, is that a man has accountability. You're not, it's, it's not all about you. There's something higher than you. There's something bigger than you. And little peons like me, we can get away with it. We're not in the public eye. We don't have any real position of power or leadership. But the higher you go up the ladder, the more accountable you are for your life. And when you're at the top, like the president... Now, one of the most powerful men in America, you're answerable to God. You're answerable to that higher law. There has to be something above us as people. There has to be something, there has to be a higher law set in stone that nobody gets to break. Because once that goes away, you have tyranny. Tyrants reject the higher law. And, and they use it to their advantage. And then you got a nation under people like Hitler and Stalin that do the worst atrocities known to mankind. Now, I'm not telling you to go to church. I'm not telling you what church to go to. I don't go to church because I don't see a place where I fit. I don't see any church out there that would benefit me as a person. Maybe that will change in the future. I don't know. But right now, I don't see a church that I'm going to vibe with, that I'm going to get along with. So right now, I remain kind of a loose cannon. Who knows? Maybe in the future, I will find a religious community to be a part of. But right now, that's not it. In my opinion, America's church is just about dead. And I find it unrelatable. I find most men in church, most church leaders, are pussies. And I don't see them stepping up and taking charge. Where I am now as a man is in a place of taking charge over myself, over my body, over my family, over my household. I see myself taking charge. Eventually, I get out there in the community as I raise my kids and take charge to whatever capacity I can out there. But a man sets the tone for culture. And one thing I am tired of are these weak-willed fucking nerds just letting the radical left bully them. And we've been doing it for decades. We really have. Hello? Anybody home? Hey! Think with fly. And I think Trump... As weird and as crazy as he was, I think he was a shock to the system and say, Hey, wake the fuck up. You're losing your country. And I think that Trump did a lot of good. He brought a new energy to men. And I can see it. It's very visible. He brought a new energy to men. He brought a new energy to Americans to say, hey, we don't have to put up with this shit. We can push back. And after Trump left office, we're seeing more and more governors and politicians follow suit and stepping up to these radical leftists that are destroying our country. It is refreshing to see some millennial voices speaking out. Young voices that are in their 20s and 30s. Saying, we don't have to put up with this shit, and we're not going to. And I have seen a fire in the younger men of this generation, and I couldn't be more proud. 
I'm seeing people like Matt Walsh. I'm seeing people like Michael Knowles. I'm seeing people like Steven Crowder. And they got a fire in their gut. And they're taking on this shit. And they're not flinching. And I couldn't be more proud. And I'm starting to feel a little better about America as I see these younger men stepping up to the plate. And they were energized and they were revitalized by Donald Trump. We men were shown that we don't have to put up with this. That we don't have to let these people walk all over us. We were shown that we can toughen up. Or we were shown that we can push back. In my opinion, Trump did exactly what was needed for religion and masculinity in this country. And I think he gave us a second wind and I think really we can do this and I think really we are going to have an awesome future. But it really depends on us. I don't mean to get political here. I was talking about religion, but it's inevitable. A man without religion, he's an animal. He's a fuckboy. He's got no real morality. He's got no real sense of purpose. He lives for pleasure. He lives for indulgences. And he doesn't care about anything. It's just, hey, whatever, whatever. You're lost. You're a fucking lost little boy. Women's hearts are getting broken. Children are being left in the dust. The problem with religion... And the, the problem that people are having with religion... Isn't because it's abusive and tyrannical like it used to be. And yes, I wrote a book on the subject... I came out of a sick, twisted, controlling, tyrannical cult under the umbrella of mainstream Christianity. And I had a lot to say about it. That chapter of my life is over. I've got a second win as a man and I've come into my own with my own religion and my own stance and my own ground to fight from. And don't get me wrong, that religion has done a lot of harm to people. But the other problem with religion today, the men are weak. They're limp-wristed. Or as Michael Knowles calls them, they're squishes. They're squishy. They're soft. They don't push back. And I think we were weak and we were dying under Obama. And Trump came along and said, wait, we, 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 we can't go out like this. We can't. We need to revitalize the spiritual health and the masculine health in this country. Trump's presence empowered men like me. When Trump became president, I was in a very different place. I was weak-willed. I was whiny. I let my wife walk all over everything. I let my children run the house, and it was chaos, and it was miserable. And we're still not out of the woods yet. We're still not out of the woods yet. We still got a ways to go, but we're getting there. But Trump came along, and I said, well, I, at first I didn't know how to take him. I didn't understand him. Then I started studying Donald Trump. I used to watch back episodes of The Apprentice. Um, I read The Art of the Deal, I read, uh, what was, there's another book that I got a hold of, uh, Think Big or something like that. And it energized me. And there's, there's something about Trump's energy that sparked me as a man that woke me the fuck up and said, David, you need to wake up and you need to take charge. There's that golden light. It's a mythical golden light that Trump has that I took part of. It revitalized me as a man. It revitalized my faith. It revitalized my religion and what I believe in my relationship with God. And I was able to work it out during Trump's administration. And now that Trump is out of office, I don't know if he'll be back. I have a few opinions about that. But now that he's out of office, I am lit. I am fiery and it's done wonders for me as a man. And that's why I admire Trump. I remember sitting there thinking, God, I wish I had him as a dad. I wish I had him as a father. I wish he raised me as a kid.
because they're losers. They're just losers. My dad. Oh my god. He's a fucking nightmare. He was the good Christian conservative boy. Navy, military. Let his wife walk all over him and abuse him. Let her abuse us as kids. He worshipped her so much that he sacrificed us children to her. He has done some horrifyingly shameful things that I will never forgive. And in my opinion, the man deserves to go to hell. If there is one. I have no mercy for him. I have no forgiveness for him. I have an empty, cold place in my heart for the sorry excuse for a man. And I saw people like Donald Trump. And then I see people like Eric Trump and Donald Trump Jr. I listen to what they have to say. I feel like my masculinity is energized again. Why do I bring that up? I bring that up because there is a certain deep mythology for masculinity working here. The myth involves a golden light. The myth... How do I describe it? I think Robert Bly likened it to the king. The, myth the mythological king, he's not talking about a real monarchy. The mythological king. And you partake of the golden light of this mythical monarchy. And it energizes you to be a king. And I think that is what Trump embodied when he took office. For a lot of men... And, and he showed men that we did not have to put up with this shit. That we can push back. We can step up and face down the angry mob and not let them bully us. We can be hard. They ran rampant all over the streets. They burned down our cities. They attacked our cops. They shamed us for being masculine. They called us toxic. They demanded that we accept this transgender shit. This gender bender, gender fluid bullshit. Excuse me, it's ma'am. It is ma'am. Trump put new life into men. Trump put new life into the conservative movement. Trump, in a very real sense, cast a shadow, the glory of God, onto us. I'm not saying he was Jesus. He had his faults. But he cast another shadow, and he revitalized masculinity in this country. And I couldn't be more prouder. It was during the Trump years, especially the last year, that I became a patriot. It was during the last year I decided to have a new pride and love for my country. And it was in the last year, I found my rock-solid faith in God. Trump, he did so much for our country. And it wasn't just his politics, it wasn't just his policy. But he cast a mythical shadow that will fall on the future of America for decades to come. And he relit the fire. He rekindled the fire in the hearts of men, in the hearts of people. And I think that's good. Looking back at it, I kind of got off, uh, I kind of got off on a different direction there than I had started, but it's good. It's good. But let's pull it back. Do I think that Trump was sent by God? Absolutely. I wasn't quick to say that when all the Christians were jumping on that. I was very, I, I had my reservations and I said, oh, I wouldn't go that far. Let's see how this plays out. But Trump did for me and millions of men and millions of Americans that no other president has done. Trump helped me. He gave me the platform. He gave me the space and he pumped out the energy 
and the mentality that would re-energize my faith in God that was dying under Obama, that pretty much did die under Obama. My masculinity was dead under Obama. My religion was dead under Obama. I was walking dead. I was empty. I was in a dark nihilistic void, riddled with depression and anxiety. And I, I, I couldn't be any good for anybody. I couldn't be a good father to my kids. I couldn't be a good husband to my wife. Now they all admire me. And I took quite a few tips from Trump. And I drew from his energy. And now I can see mentoring a whole new generation of men. I was reconnected to God. I was reconnected to my family and I found life under his administration. I don't know if he'll come back. I do have a feeling that things are going to change drastically over the next couple of years and it's going to be from the for the better. I think there is a death and a rebirth taking place. And I have a feeling what's coming is going to be so much better than anything America has ever known. I think we're in a dark patch and I think here's here's kind of how I see it from a mystical perspective. Here's how I see it. I think that we're undergoing renovations. Out with the old shit that doesn't work. We've reassessed everything that we think and believe as Americans. We're able to recognize tyranny. We're able to combat fascism. We're able to combat communism. And we're able to move boldly forward into the future. Into at least another century of freedom and liberty. That's what I believe. I believe that America is going to get its second wind. And I think that we're going to have a newfound spark for freedom. And I don't think America is going anywhere. People have found their voice. People all over America have been energized by the last four years. We're kicking the corruption out of our government. Listen, it's not... It's not Trump's job to drain the swamp. He did his part and he showed you the swamp. But it's our job as men, as God-believing religious men, to take on that authority of God, that golden light of the king. We are God's spokesmen in this world. We are act on God's behalf in this world. Trump gave us a revitalization. People have found their faith in God again. People are going to church again. People are more zealous again. Love for their country. And I think that's a good thing. Going back full circle. You're accountable only to God as a man. You're not accountable to corrupt leaders. You're not accountable to tyrants. You're not accountable to the angry mob. You're not. And this is why I believe it's important for a man to have religion. If you don't, you have no hope standing up against a tyrant that would take our country. I like religion and I believe in God because it's my middle finger to the establishment. In a very nice and religious and in-depth way, I'm simply saying, fuck you, I won't do what you tell me. In my opinion... Believing in God in this day and age is a true act of defiance. Because tyrants don't like competition. They don't. And I give my loyalties 
to something far above these stupid, disgusting little human beings that try to govern our affairs. And that's what you see all through the Bible. Yeah, I'm going to preach a little bit. I think about the men in the Bible that I look up to. You've got Daniel. He's one of the first ones that come to mind. You've got to understand something about the culture in Daniel's day. Babylon, the king, the emperor, literally thought he was God. And everybody was supposed to bow down to him or his image. Daniel didn't. He prayed to his God, thrown into the lion's den. Same thing with the people I like to call the three amigos. These are also my heroes. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They won't bow. <laughs> I thought about that when they were doing this fucking BLM, white guilt, take a knee bullshit. And that's the, that's the myth from the Bible that came to my mind was Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They were the only ones who didn't bow. And I think there are a lot of good, God-fearing, God-believing Americans that won't take the knee. I won't take the knee. I won't bow. I won't bow to communism. I won't bow to the socialist bullshit. And I don't have to. Because I bow to somebody higher. Somebody that transcends the tyrant. Somebody that transcends the president. Somebody that's more powerful than the angry mob. That is the passion a man needs. A man needs to stare down the angry mob and say, No! It stops here! I don't obey you! I don't serve you! I serve my God! I answer to God. I don't answer to you. And that's why Jesus cryptically said, don't fear man who can destroy your body. Fear God who can destroy your body and soul in hell. I take that to mean something very different than what a lot of Christians have preached. Because I don't see hell the same way a lot of churches teach it. But it still holds. I have God that I answer to. As a man and as a warrior. I don't answer to that angry BLM Antifa mob. And I don't answer to the president. I don't answer to these corrupt courts. I answer to the king that gives the golden light from the throne that bestows upon me my masculine power and my authority. That's who I answer to, and I don't settle for anything less. And defiantly, as I bow before my God, and then I stand up to that angry mob and to these corrupt leftist politicians I say fuck you I won't do what you tell me I obey God and this is why religion and this is why God is necessary for freedom because if you have a solid faith in God and if you have your solid religion all laid out you don't bow to anybody else. You're loyal to your God. And the tyrant is jealous. The tyrant doesn't want to compete for your loyalties. So the tyrant hates the fact that you believe in God. This angry mob hates the fact that you believe in God. Because they want you to bow to them and do what they tell you. They want you to be their little bitch. And do what they tell you. They don't lack loyalties. You got communist China. You got communist Russia. You got Cuba. You got Venezuela. You got these countries 
that have succumbed to tyranny. And the first thing they went after was the religion of the people. Listen, I think it's time that we go back to church again. I think it's time that we go back to that old-time religion. Pardon the terminology, but I think it's time that we repent. It's time that we ask God for forgiveness. And I'm not talking about, you know, your day-to-day -day vices and, you know, you masturbate too much or, you know, I'm guilty of that. Um, you, uh, you know, you, you might use drugs or you might get drunk. I'm not talking about that. Yeah, you need to straighten up your life, get some therapy, get whatever help you need. I'm just talking about that. I'm talking about repenting of our complacency, laziness, cowardice. And by the word repent, I mean do a 180. Go back the other way. That's what I did. My mindset now is drastically different than it was five years ago. I am old school, Bible-based patriarchy. That will piss off a lot of people, but really... That's the inevitable conclusion I came to at the end of my journey as a man, and I now consider myself a complete man. That's the end of my journey as a man, and from here on out, I just live out my life doing what I feel is right. But really, I have gone back to the headwaters of masculinity, old school Bible patriarchy. And that's what I'm going to impart to my kids, and I don't care what the angry mob screams and yells. Because I'm in charge and I'm taking charge of me. I'm taking charge of my destiny. It's time to repent. It's time to repent of bending over backwards to please the angry mob. Man, I'm talking to you. It's time to repent of worshipping women. Being yes dears. Just go along with whatever the woman wants. Her Excellency, Her Royal Majesty, the Queen of Hearts. It's time to repent and stand up to the women that control you. And some of you need to repent of letting your children run amok and do whatever. It's time to take back ground. It's time to take back your households. It's time for daddy to come home. And be in charge again. Because that's the only way we're going to turn this around. Daddy's got to be in charge. I know I, I, I know that I got a lot of feminist squawking and that sort of thing. I don't care. Because I've taken charge of my life. I've taken charge of my household. Because things were just going wrong and wrong and wrong and wrong. My wife doesn't respect me. My children don't respect me. And then the fatal blow was when everybody pushed me into being a stay-at-home bitch dad. One of the worst years of my life. And at the end of that year, I said, oh, hell no, I'm not going out like that. And that's what I mean by repent. I repented. I gave up the cowardice, the complacency, the passivity that I inherited from my dad. I stopped blaming everybody else for my problems. I stopped whining. I stopped complaining. And I started to take my life back. And I'm still doing it. At this point, I'm not ready to go back out in the workforce and I don't know if I ever will. Because I have a lot of work to do here. My kids need to be raised in a country and in a nation it seems to be against them. It seems to be against family values. It seems to be against masculinity. 
and uh, nobody else is going to do it. Teachers are teaching lies that are against our country. Teachers are teaching things that go directly against masculinity. And I'm just the man for the job to stay home and raise them. Yeah, I'm still staying at home. Because I realize that there's a lot to do. But now I'm choosing it. Because it is work that I have to do as a man. And if I were to pursue my career, I wouldn't have a home to go back to. You want to make America great again? It starts in your home. It starts in cleaning up your household. It starts in disciplining your kids. Telling them no. And it starts with stepping up to your wife. Calling her on her bullshit. That's where it starts. It starts with taking charge. It starts with calling his shots. And that's the energy that Trump left me. That's the legacy that he left me. And I hope to God it never dies. As I keep this fire and I'm not going to let it go, I will die penniless and homeless if I have to in order to keep this flame that was lit during the Trump administration. And I found my God again. I found my masculinity again. And I am not going to get rid of it. I am not going to lose it. I have gained too much ground to quit now. Sorry about that. I got a little passionate. That's what I have today. See you next time! On the Mancast Show.